Namaste. Welcome back to the final episode of this season's podcast. This is Divyanti and Sangeetanti, and we're so excited to share a new kahani with you today. Guess what religion we're exploring this week? Wait, do you really want me to guess? Because you know we've already talked about it. So what's the point of guessing when I know? Divyanti, that was for the kids to guess with their parents, not you to really guess. Oh, that makes sense. So instead of guessing, I'm just going to tell you. We're going to learn about the Zoroastrian religion today. Let's do it in a question answer format. That sounds fun. Can I go first? Sure, why not? Okay, so the first question is, who created Zoroastrianism? Zoroaster, who lived in eastern ancient Iran around 1000 BC, created Zoroastrianism. Other names of Zoroastrianism are Mazdaism and Parsiism. The Iranian prophet and religious reformer Zoroaster is traditionally regarded as the founder of the religion. So my question to you is, is Zoroastrianism a monotheistic religion? Yes, it is a monotheistic religion. The Zoroastrian god is called Ahura Mazda. The holy book of the Zoroastrianism is the Zen Avesta. I read that Zoroastrianism is a dualist religion. So my question is, what is dualism? You know that's a really great question. Dualism is the idea or theory that something, an object, an idea, or the whole world is split into two parts. These parts are separate from each other, and the thing cannot be divided up in any other way. Zoroastrians believe Ahura Mazda created two spirits: the good one called Spenta Mainyu and the bad one called Angra Mainyu. So, what is the purpose of the two spirits? Purpose? Great question. You see, it's believed that people are free to choose between good and bad. It's believed Ahura Mazda created everything, including a conflict between order and chaos. Everything in the universe is a part of this conflict, including us humans. To help fight the chaos, people need to do three things. First, they need to lead an active life, which means to live with a free will and choose between different actions. Second, they need to do good deeds. And third, they need to have good words and good thoughts for others. You know kids, when we do the podcast, we learn a lot about a religion too. One thing we learned about Zoroastrians is their ability to adapt. That's right. This week our lesson is on the value of adaptability. Adaptability means to be capable of changing or being changed to better suit a situation. You know what? You may be wondering, is it the same as being flexible? Actually, adaptability is a willingness to confront or change your own ideas and preconceptions. Flexibility is more of a willingness to meet others halfway. To be adaptable, you first have to learn to be flexible. There is a quote that I love. Only thing constant in life is change. We have to change according to our situation. For that, we have to learn how to be flexible. How many of us have the attitude my way or the highway? So without further ado, let us hear the story called Milk and Sugar. There once lived a group of people in the ancient land of Persia, which is modern-day Iraq, Iran, and the surrounding countries. These people were forced to leave their home and seek refuge elsewhere, but they still wanted to preserve their Zoroastrian faith. Come my people, said their leader, Now that we have to leave the home we love so much, we must find a new land that we can call our own. 
So they built a few boats and set sail on the mighty sea until they arrived in the state of Gujarat in India. The king at the time was Jadev Rana. He was a ruler of the land and a good one. The Parsis, as they would be known, begged the king to give them shelter. King Rana didn't want to let the Parsis in. He said to his minister, The land is too crowded with no room for others. These visitors look foreign and they speak a strange, different language that I do not understand. The king went to the seashore where the ragged travelers stood and requested them to leave. But they couldn't understand him because he spoke a language that was strange and different to them. The king sighed impatiently and he snapped his fingers and ordered his servants. <sighs> Go bring me an empty glass. He then filled the glass with milk all the way to the very top and silently pointed to it. It was his way of saying his apologies to them. He then said in his language, I would love to help you. You look like good people, even though we do not understand each other. But just as this glass is filled to the brim with no room for more, my little crowded kingdom is already full. The travelers had come from afar and they were tired, hungry, cold, and very sad to be turned away. Just then their leader spoke. He was a small and clever man with an ever-present smile on his lips. Just a minute, almighty king. A moment of your time, sir. Before the king could speak, the leader dug into his old tattered sack and pulled out a spoonful of sugar. He stirred the sugar into the glass slowly, carefully dissolving every grain of sugar, making sure he didn't spill even a single drop of milk. He smiled as he pointed silently. Sometimes when there is love and kindness between two wise people, words aren't necessary. The king understood what their leader meant. By showing the sugar dissolve in the milk, the leader wordlessly asked the king, Let us stay, almighty king. We will live in peace along with all of you, just like sugar and milk. We will sweeten your lives with our presence. The king stared at the sweetened milk. His lips twitched at first. Then he smiled. And this grew into a grin. And finally, he roared with laughter. The king then hugged the group of travelers and welcomed them into their new home. Then he exclaimed with joy, May you live with us forever with peace and joy. Even though the strangers didn't know a word the king said, everyone knew what the hug meant. And since all people speak the language of laughter, no one had a problem understanding what that meant. And this is how the Parsis stayed and India became their new home. As time passed, the king did put forth four conditions so that they could easily mingle with the local people. These conditions were, one, to adopt the local language of Gujarati. Two, the women were to wear the garments of the local women, which was a sari. Three, they were to stop carrying any weapons. And lastly, marriages were only to be performed in the evenings as the Hindus do. The Parsis willingly and gratefully accepted these conditions. They kept their ancient promise of spreading happiness wherever they went. Thus, the Parsi community became a fun, integral part of India. Wow, what a great story on how the Zoroastrian faith came to India. I love how the Parsis were able to adapt to India, to the language, the clothing, while still following their religion. In our lives, life is going to throw us curveballs. It's our job to swing the bat. 
you know, when I was a kid, my family moved a lot. We moved to Jamaica, Singapore, Africa, India, Canada, and the U.S. all before I was 12. Wow, that's so many countries. That's so cool. I remember one time in particular. When I was 12, we were living in Detroit and my dad lost his job. At that time, we had to move out of our apartment and my dad drove down to Atlanta to find a job. So we stayed with some family friends until we knew if we were going to move or not. Wait, wait. So you, your brother and your mom moved into another family's house? For how long? Well, we did for about three months. My mom had a bedroom, but my brother and I just stayed on the sofa bed in the family room. The uncle who we lived with would drop me to school and then I would walk back a mile every day. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. How was that? Actually, it was very hard. I went from living in my own home where I had my own room to living with another family and sleeping on a sofa bed. In general, moving around is not as cool as it may seem. With each move, I had to make new friends, adjust to a new house, a new school, and a new culture. Each time I would whine, my parents would yell lovingly and say, plot twist, let's adjust, adjust, adjust. And then my brother and I adjusted. You know now, when I look back, I realized that was what made me the person I am today. What do you mean by that? You know, I can adjust anywhere pretty easily. I also feel I know different cultures and I want to learn more about different cultures. Above all else, I can connect with people pretty easily since it was a skill I had to develop since we moved around a lot. I love how you can now see the values you gained during those difficult times when you had to adapt. There's a quote by Karen Kaiser Clark, life is change, growth is optional choose wisely. So life is about change and how we adapt is in our control. We'd like to share a story called A Lesson from Plants. There were two independent houses separated by a compound wall. In one lived a young techie and in another lived a retired man. Both of them planted identical saplings on their respective side of the compound wall. The young guy supplied his plant with lots of water and high-quality manure. The retired man gave his plant just a small quantity of water and little manure. The techie sapling grew into a lush, green, leafy, robust plant. The retired person's plant was near normal but was less lush than his neighbor's. One night, there was a heavy storm with gusty winds. And the next morning, both came out to see the fate of their plants. To the techie's surprise, his plant had been uprooted, where his neighbor's was unharmed. The techie turned to the neighbor and asked, I don't understand. Why was my plant uprooted by the rains despite such good care? Whereas yours stayed firm and strong despite the little care you gave it? The neighbor answered, Look, young man, you supplied everything the plant would need in abundance. Since the plant didn't have to do anything on its own to search for what it needed, the roots of your plants didn't grow strong. I was supplying my plant just enough to keep it alive. For the rest, the roots had no choice but to go deep down into the ground to fulfill its needs. Since the roots of your plant, the rain and wind could easily blow it down. Since the roots of my plant were deeply grounded, it could easily withstand the onslaught of nature. 
The young turkey learned a valuable lesson from the retired man. What a beautiful story. The techie thought he was helping by providing everything for the plant to grow and flourish in its new environment. But in reality, he just needed to give it enough water and then allow it to adapt to its new environment on its own. When we're not given something easily and we have to struggle to get it, we're also building strong roots. You know, even today, I value having long lasting friends. Since I moved around a lot until the age of 12, it was so hard for me to make friends. So today, I still make an effort to keep my friendships intact because I know how hard I work to make those friends. So when you struggle in life or a situation, it's for your own good. We have to learn to adapt. During the struggle is when you are building your own strong roots. Your strong roots are your values and your strength of character. These roots will help guide you to adapt to all the expected and unexpected situations in life. Speaking of values, do you know we've covered 12 values in this season's podcast? We've covered the values of love, honesty, grit and determination, forgiveness, compassion, discipline, faith, respect, courage, mindfulness, gratitude, and now adaptability. These values are our roots. When these values are practiced on a daily basis, you build your foundation stronger and stronger. So when the storm comes, you're able to put on your raincoat and ride through it. As Jessica Hedgehorn said, adaptability is the simple secret of survival. Oh, I like that. Adaptability is a simple secret of survival. You know, we've covered eight religions this season. And do you know what we found across the board? What, Divyanti? The love is all around you. Love is all around you. Am I right? <laughs> yes, Sangeeta Auntie. Love is all around us. And that's definitely true. The religions of Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, Sikhism, Jainism, Christianity, Baha'i, and Zarashan all teach us the same lessons on how to be a good human and serve humanity. I guess there is a truth in the saying, all gods are one God. It does not matter which religion you follow, all these paths will lead you to the right path and give you strong roots. So are you ready for the fun fact? Fun fact, this marks the end of season one. We're so grateful for all the love and support we've received from you all this season. We'll be back for season two on September 9th. We hope you enjoyed this week's Kahani. Please stay tuned for our future Kahanis. Namaste. Culture Kahani.